This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Jacob, how are you? I'm pretty good. I'm glad you always greet me. How's everybody else doing tonight? Good, good. We haven't been here in a while. I mean, you guys were here last week, but I was not. Did you guys have fun playing dodgeball? Sounds like it. Cool. You guys are really fun to talk to. I guess I'll just do this sermon and get off the stage like you want, right? <laughs> well, I am super, super excited to be here tonight. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad to be up here on this stage getting to do the thing I enjoy most, talk to you guys about Jesus. So we're going to start a new series. It's called Counterfeit. And this one is, I think, a five-week series. And it's a pretty fun series about a word that we don't always use all the time that I think is, it's an intriguing and kind of just exciting topic for us to go over. So how many of you have ever heard the term counterfeit before? Just raise your hand. So counterfeit is basically, it just means something that's fake, but it's still, you know, pretty close to the real thing. Like it looks like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. And a lot of times the word is referred to just money, like fake money. We talk about counterfeit dollar bills. And an example of this is a long time ago, in about 1937, there was a guy, and his name was Emrick Jetner. Now, this isn't a boring story, so just pay attention. So he lived in New York. His wife died in 1937, and he was about 61 years old at the time. He felt like he was too old to keep working, but he needed to keep bringing money in. But he was tired of working. He didn't know if he could work a job anymore, but he had to keep making money. So instead of going to work to make money, he started to make money. Literally, he made money. He started counterfeiting $1 bills, which it's kind of odd because if I was going to go to the risk of counterfeiting money, I'd probably go a little bit larger than $1 bills. Like I'm talking, I'd do hundreds, yeah, exactly. 
do $100 bills, really stack it up. But most counterfeiters back then, they, they replicated more expensive bills. So it wasn't, it was like he was an anomaly. People weren't used to seeing this, you know, counterfeiting $1. But Jetner decided that's the way he was going to do it. He wanted to do $1 at a time. And he was considered one of the very most successful counterfeiters of all time. Of all time. For 10 years, Secret Service agents chased this guy down. They looked for him. They were searching for him. Like, where is he? It was one of the most extensive and expensive counterfeit investigations in American history. But here is what's fascinating. His bills were so poorly done that the Secret Service agents thought he was just doing it as a joke. Like he was trying to mess with them, like see if they would even notice. He was trying to just pull a prank on them, but he wasn't. This was actually him trying to counterfeit, and he was so such a bad counterfeiter that he even misspelled words on the dollar bills. Like he misspelled the word Washington. One of his bills had the word dollar spelled wrong. Like really messing it up. But people, people didn't necessarily catch it when he brought it to places, but the Secret Service agents did. And then he was eventually busted. So after 10 years, he finally gets busted. And after some questioning, he admits to his crimes. He said, look, there were only like $1 bills, right? That's not that big of a deal. I've never, I, I didn't do more than that. Like I never gave more than one of them to any one person. So nobody ever lost more than $1. Like he was trying to make it seem like it's not that big of a deal. But after he was arrested, he was sentenced to one year in jail, and he was fined. Can you guess how much he was fined? $1. Yeah, he was fined $1. This is real. Oh, a real dollar. Yeah, he was fined a real dollar, hopefully. So Jetner and his fake $1 bill, it's kind of a unique story because we've never seen somebody counterfeit like that before. But the whole idea of counterfeiting is not that unique. Like, there's all kinds of things that have counterfeits to them. In fact, anything that's, like, worth anything probably has a counterfeit version of it out there somewhere. Think about it. Like, think about things that might be counterfeit. Like, maybe my fake Yeezys. Yeah. Maybe knockoff luxury clothes, makeup brands. Just think of something that's popular. There's probably somewhere trying to sell it fake, right. See, there's even a way of doing faith, though, that can be or feel a little bit counterfeit, can feel fake, can feel like we're trying to do it the right way. But here's what I mean. Like, we all know people who they seem to have a really, like, real relationship with God. You feel like they know God. Like, they actually are friends with God. But we also know someone, or maybe you're that someone, who would say you just kind of feel like a copy of someone else's faith. Like you feel like you're just a copy of what your parents believed in or what your grandma believed in or what your group leader says that God really is. See, there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Like I don't want you to feel bad about that. 
Like we all start somewhere, and we usually start from copying it from somebody else. We all learn about faith from someone else before we develop our own kind of faith. But the hope is, is that we move further from that, that we don't stay in that spot where we're just copying someone else's faith. Our hope is that during this series, you'll recognize that, that you'll take a, take a step toward a real, honest, personal faith of your own. So what does, what does this whole idea of a counterfeit faith look like? What does it look like to have counterfeit faith? See, going to church because you want to be seen, but not actually wanting to connect with God while you're there, that's an example. Or talking a certain way or using those churchy words to sound cool or to sound smart, even though you're not even sure what they mean, but they seem like words you should be using while you're at church, right? That's another example. Or believing something just because your parents believed it. Or being one person at church, but then when you go to school, you're a completely different person. See, at some point, we all have a counterfeit faith, a faith that feels like we're just copying someone else's homework. And that's, like I said earlier, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, it's where every single person starts. We're learning from somebody else. We're trying to emulate what they're doing. In fact, being, becoming an adult and, like, growing up, part of moving forward in your faith journey is that someone else's faith becomes your own. But then you have to build off of that. But how do we do that? How do we keep our faith from being just merely a copy of our parents or our pastors or a friend? How does what you believe and what you do with what you believe move from something that you were taught to something that you actually live out as an adult? Like, how do you move your faith from counterfeit to real? And maybe it's not really that complicated. Maybe it's actually pretty easy. And in this series, we're going we're gonna to look at how people grow when it comes to the spiritual side of life and how God moves our faith from something we hear to something that we actually live out and do. So if you've ever made a decision to follow Jesus, if that's something you've already done in your life, this may be a great opportunity in this series for you to grow your faith, to take that next step. And if you haven't, that's okay too. Maybe you haven't taken that step in your life already. But this is a chance for you to, you know, simply check things out, listen, see what this whole Jesus thing is really about, right? But either way, here's a fair warning. Like what you hear in this series, it may be a little bit surprising. Most of this isn't complicated. It isn't that difficult because the reality of it all is, is that God wants you to grow in your relationship with him. God desires for you to fall more in love with who he is and for your faith to grow every single day. And he cares about it more than you do. See, God is interested in a real faith for you too. So you're not just going to hear about a bunch of like complicated, nearly impossible hoops that you have to jump through just so you can get to that next level in your faith. In fact, as we're going to see tonight, sometimes trading a faith that we're copying 
for some, from someone else and trading it for a faith of our own is a lot more uncomplicated than we ever imagined. So tonight we're going to look at a message that Jesus gave called the Sermon on the Mount. And you may have heard of it before. It's one of his more popular sermons that he's ever given. And the sermon is basically talked about, it talked about what your life would look like if you had a big, vibrant, and alive faith. It's called the Sermon on the Mount because Jesus was literally standing on the side of a mountain when he said these things. It was his sermon on the mountain. It's a list of things to do, not to make God accept you, but because God has already accepted you. See, the list of things Jesus talked about weren't, they weren't about earning a relationship with God. So don't think of it that way. It wasn't about earning your relationship with God. It's about what people do when they already have a relationship with God. It's about what people do when they want to just grow more in that relationship with God. And about how practicing these things makes your faith more alive and it feels more it feels more full. It feels better. Jesus mentions things like love your enemy. Give to those in need. Pray. Don't worry. And that's just a small list of things that he names in this sermon. And this list wasn't just good things for us to believe. Like it was things we do because we believe. You do it because of what Jesus has already done in your life. And when we pick up at the end of Jesus' sermon, he says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. It's in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. See, Jesus mentions two big ideas. Hearing his words and putting them into practice. See, they go together. It isn't, it isn't just enough to say, I've heard every sermon Jesus has preached, or I've heard all the sermons here at Cornerstone. See, there's more to having a real and authentic faith in your life than just hearing the message. And as Christians, we can, we can sometimes feel like hearing information is just the whole point. Like you go to church, you listen to the sermon, we go to tribe, or you have a Christian club at school where you listen to, you know, a Bible study, where you go to Fuge and you hear the messages and the worship there, and it just feels like, I think that's, I think that's enough, right? And if we hear the right stuff and we sing the right songs and we go through the right motions, then we should be good. Like if we're just listening and we're doing what we're supposed to do, then we're good, right? And as awesome and important as it is to show up and be there so you can hear it, if you and I don't do, like actually do any of the things that Jesus talked about, things that like reflect an actual change of heart, our faith is just, it's just a counterfeit faith, just doing it because you feel like you have to. See, it will never be our own faith if we let others do all the doing. It's not just about hearing it, but it's about doing something with it doing something with what we've heard. Like, think about getting ready to drive. Like, some of you in this room have already gone through the permit process or you're getting close to that process, or maybe you have your license now. But 
think about you you can go to driver's ed class and you can learn about driving right you can pass every written test that there is about driving you can listen to your mom lecture you in the passenger seat while you're driving you can watch helpful videos about driving on YouTube or anywhere like you can do all those things and they're fine right but none of those things mean that you're actually a good driver like you can't say hey dad i just i just read this textbook about driving so can i go ahead and take the car on a road trip this weekend like that just isn't going to work like we all know that that wouldn't work your dad would probably say something like i'm glad you read that book like that's cool but show me drive me around let me see how your driving skills have developed then maybe maybe i'll let you drive to the gas station and back at least that was my dad he was kind of a jerk but similarly jesus is saying that there's more to our relationship with him than just hearing his words like you can read and you can listen but there's more to it than just the words in fact lots of people people who were physically present on earth with Jesus back in the day they heard his words they heard him right and with him right in front of their faces but they didn't follow they didn't develop an authentic faith because of him like hearing and following are two completely different things Remember Jesus said therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And then he says this, he says the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. So Jesus is pointing out the reason that the house made it through the storm. and it wasn't just because somebody knew about the right way to build a house. Like they didn't just know about the right way to do it. It was because the wise man actually did something. He actually did something with the knowledge that he had. He knew how to build a strong house and then he actually built it. See, then Jesus talks about the flip side of this, about when you know something and you don't do. He says this, but everyone who hears and this means everyone when Jesus says this he's talking about everyone who reads the bible everyone who shows up for tribe everyone who went to fuge everyone who's in this room right now Jesus is talking to you and he says but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and what this means is that you can have 100% perfect church attendance you can be here every sunday night every sunday morning be here for every event that happens because of us but it doesn't mean that you're doing anything with it you can know all the right bible verses you can know the words to every single song that we sing here but you can still create these foolish disasters in your life because you didn't do anything with what you learned So if you don't apply what you learned it really doesn't matter. Like it's pointless information at that point. What's the point of taking it in and doing nothing with it? See, when it comes to faith, the actual application is everything. And that's exactly how Jesus continues in these verses. He says, "The rain came down, the streams rose, 
and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. See, like we said, there's, there's more to having a real and authentic faith of your own than just hearing it. Like, that's, partial, that's pretty much the easy part, right? Like, to show up and just listen. And one of the things I love about Jesus is that when he tells these kind of stories, or he creates these, these illustrations, and he cre- creates them just like this one so we have a picture in our minds of what he actually meant by it. In this case, Jesus uses this illustration of, of two people who, who built two different houses, right? One survived the storm, one didn't. One stood strong, and one completely crashed and fell. And there was only one main difference. And it wasn't hearing Jesus' words. The difference was after both builders, after they listened, the difference was who, what they did which builder actually did something with what they heard. Think of it this way. Like real faith is about doing, not just knowing. And I'm not saying that that listening to Jesus isn't important, because it is. I don't want you to think that I'm completely counting those things out. They don't matter. But showing up to church, reading the Bible, and listening to messages like these, they're all great. Like, you can't do if you don't know, right? So you have to do those things first. But as we've said over and over and over again already, knowing, it just isn't enough. Knowing the right answers isn't enough. See, when you know who Jesus really is, it changes everything for your life. It's about how knowing changes what you actually do. It changes how you treat your friends. It changes how you treat your family how you live your life each and every day. But none of that happens if you listen but never do anything. In fact, James, the brother of Jesus, he says it like this. But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Listen, someone, as someone who's followed Jesus for a while, like I've followed Jesus since I was very young, I grew up in church, I can tell you that, like, one of my temptations is that I make it all about just learning more stuff. Like, I went to school to be a pastor, and it was all about learning more about the Bible, learning more about this, like, going deeper, studying, and just reading and thinking, and all that stuff was great. And, like, going deeper is awesome. But if I don't put any of my deep learning into practice, if I don't do something with the information that I've learned, I'm just, I'm just fooling myself. Like, my growth is counterfeit. And for many years, that's who I was. Like, I was someone who was like, yeah, I read my Bible. Yeah, I show up to church. Yeah, I go to camp. Yeah, I have friends who are Christians. I have small group. Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. But I was still a jerk. Like, I was still a punk high schooler who didn't care what anyone said. I thought my parents were jerks, and it was just everybody just against me. Because I didn't actually take what I learned and apply it into my life. I just listened to it because I was told that's what I was supposed to do if I was a Christian. So you can, you can listen to sermons. You can do devotionals. 
You can show up for tribe, and we should. Like I said, those things are good. But for our faith to actually grow, for it to be personal and not just a copy of somebody's, the stuff we learn, should it should change our heart, and it should lead us to do things like this, like honoring our parents and step-parents, forgiving our siblings, loving neighbors, praying for enemies, giving to people in need, serving people who can't repay us for anything we do, speaking up for people who are being hurt and making like really wise decisions with our life. See, I'm not talking about doing these things without ever messing up or failing. I'm not talking about like crushing that list 100% of the time because you're not going to. I can't do it. You can ask any of your leaders in this room. They can't crush that list. In fact, this list is really just an example of some of the things you have probably heard if you've been here a while. Like if you've been here, we talk about these kind of things transforming your life. But the point is, is that, the point isn't, sorry, the point isn't that we become perfect Christians, that we become these performers who just do everything the way we're supposed to. But the point is, is that we're people who develop like real, authentic faith. Like this real faith of our own where people, we learn and then we apply it in our lives. It's not just merely hearing it and showing up. It's that we actually do something about it. See, we move. That's what it's about whenever we're here at Tribe. What we try to do is that we don't just learn things, that we actually change our communities, that we actually change our friend groups and our schools. But we move, we try, we give it a shot at least. And then if you fail, you try again. See, and over time practicing these things, it becomes one of those things that moves our faith from, from counterfeit to authentic faith. One, one simple exercise is to think, just think back for a second. Think back on some things that you've heard or learned recently. Just think back in the past or maybe here at Tribe. I don't care what it is. Think of something that you've learned, like serve others or bring hope into every situation. And just ask yourself this. Like, am I doing this? Like, I heard it. I learned it. I know it's good. But am I doing this? Am I even trying to do this? Or have I been fooled into thinking that knowing the information is enough? And look, it takes work and it takes courage to put some things into practice. Like some things are, they're harder than others. But what else is true is that practice, like practice makes our faith real. It makes our faith more real. It's one, it's one thing to hear about God and to hear about God using you to serve others or using you to bring hope into situations, and that's great but it's a completely different and another thing to experience it and to actually do it. See, it's one thing to hear about following Jesus and how that changes everything in your life, but it's another to see it change everything in your own life. See, it's one thing to believe that God's word is true, 
but it's totally different to put God's word in action and see it turn out to be true. See, this is where, like, a grown-up, sturdy, storm-surviving faith, it comes from. It comes from practice. It comes from continuing to do it over and over and over, even when it's difficult, even when you fail, you keep going. See, real faith is about doing, not just knowing. See, and that's why, that's why we do things like tribe groups and why we have tribe in the first place. It's so important because your real life is complicated. Like, I know that. All your leaders understand that, that life is complicated. Because we can't just talk about what Jesus said on a mountain. We could just do that, right? Like we could just say, hey, here's what Jesus talked about, Sermon on the Mount. It was super cool. We should all do it, blah, blah, blah. But figuring out what to do with that information when you go home, in your dating life, with your friends, see, that's a little more specific. That is more than just hearing it. See, and talking with your friends or with a leader is, how, is why we do tribe groups. So you can actually sit down and be like, how do you guys handle this? How do you react in this situation? How do I grow in this area of my faith? Because it makes it more personal, and it can be really, really helpful. So as you head, head out into tribe groups here in a minute, I want you guys to know that God wants you to have a personal, real faith of your own. Like God doesn't want your relationship just to be a copy of someone else's. God wants a real relationship with you based on real experiences with you. But this kind of, this kind of real personal faith, it takes more than just, just knowing the information. It takes actually doing something with what you know in your real life every day. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for bringing everybody here tonight. I thank you for each and every single person in this room. I just want to pray over our community and pray over each student that you would, that you would help us. Help us learn how to take what we learn and actually apply it in our lives. I pray that as we go into tribe groups that the conversations would be something that would be helpful and would be beneficial. I pray that when we reach a point where we feel like we need to give up or we feel like we can't do this anymore, it's too difficult, that you would give us that extra push to keep trying and to keep going because we know that when we practice our faith each and every day that that is what makes it real. We thank you and we love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.